Hey all, welcome to our podcast from OK to KO, following our journey from an OK life to a knockout life. Every Sunday after breakfast, we'll be sitting down and having a chat and publishing it as a podcast, and we hope you enjoy. Hey, Kira. Hi, how are you? Don't seem all normal now. What do you mean? Oh my God, this is crazy. This is like take three and now you're just like acting like you're absolutely completely normal. Hey, how are you? That's how it came across just then. That's the point, isn't it? I don't know. That's why we're doing a retake. I guess so, yeah. Anyway, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleased to hear you're good. How's things? This is, by the way, um, this is episode 50. Yeah. Which obviously doesn't seem as much, like we shouldn't celebrate it as much because there's a much bigger episode, Milestone, coming up in two episodes, which is 52, which would be a whole year of podcasts. And like, I'm kind of amazed that we're still doing it. Mm. But we'll save it for then. But still, 50 is pretty good. So happy 50th episode. Thanks, you too. How has how how the podcast changed your life? <laughs> um, well, it means we talk once a week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um... I, I just think it's actually been really helpful in terms of kind of sectioning off a part of the week, which isn't, I know we're talking about work things, but it's actually a really leisurely, nice, mm. enjoyable part of our week. <clears throat> and it's like, that's non-negotiable, that's happening. If it can't happen at the exact time, we have to fit it in somewhere else yeah. that week. And that's been really, really good because otherwise sometimes when it's downtime, I can end up doing like watching stuff and still staring at a screen quite a lot. So... Tiger King. Oh, that's what you're on at the minute. Well, that's just one thing. Like, that's just a thing that you kind of watch and you're like, did I need to watch that? Did I need to get that amped up about Tiger King? Not really. But that was just to give an example. Oh, okay. But yeah, so it's nice to have time where... Yeah, it just, it just feels like a really good, nourishing time part of the week. Yeah, what, exactly. What about for you? Yeah, I think so. I also learn quite a lot on these things. Mm. Like, because like... When you when you have so like let's be honest, everyone is getting worse at talking to each other. I think. Uh, well, sorry. What do you mean? <laughs> let's be honest. Like we all think that. <laughs> what? I just think we're getting. I think people are getting worse at talking to each other. Okay, well that's very different. I think this. I think people are getting worse at talking. To Why each other. do you think that? Because we're very distractible. Are you are you giving I'm gonna the give example? You this. I'm going to give you this in, in three-word sections. <laughs> are, you, are you giving the example of how to be worse at talking? <laughs> Very distractible. <laughs> Is that a word? I think people have got worse at talking to each other and worse at having meaningful conversations. And I include myself in this, right? What's great about the podcast is it, I can't be distracted. Because if I'm talking to you and then suddenly like I'm just like checking my emails at the same time or I'm like checking my phone, apart from anything, we're recording on my phone. So I can't touch my phone. But like if I did, you'd be pretty pissed off. I can rightly so, mm. right? So it's like a really deep discussion where you have to talk and you have to see where a conversation can go. There's no like five minute time limit on it. It's just like a, a nice conversation. I think for me, that having conversation like that has actually taught me a lot. Not just about having conversations, but like about the stuff we're talking about. I now have a much deeper understanding of things like authenticity and passion and loads of other stuff we talked about, which I probably wouldn't have done if we hadn't said, right, well, we're going to record a podcast today. So, yeah, I think I've actually just genuinely learned stuff as well. That's really cool. 
You're right. This conversation probably should have been saved for two weeks' time. Yeah, but... no. Stop talking about it. Stop. But that um, is cool. No, but cool. Let's, no, we should talk about that in two weeks' time. Let's not. Let's save the material. <laughs> I would have forgotten about it two weeks' time. Right? Um, so let's tee this up. What, what, what do we do today? Um, we went to a vegan market. Vegan fair. What's it called? It was called Leicester Vegan Market. It was the vegan market. It doesn't happen every week, though. It was like a very... I think it's like a once a year thing. Oh, really? Or like once every six months or something. But yeah, so what was that? Once every so often. <clears throat> every so often, exactly. Um, so there was lots of food there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> things to eat there. Things to take away. Um, some clothes. Yeah. Uh, cushions. It's really Some cool. Loads of like sweet stuff. Loads of like vegan sweets and vegan comfort food and stuff. Loads of um, quite a lot of animal activist stuff as well, which makes sense at a vegan <clears throat> fair. But so, why are we talking about that? You you share. Well, I thought. I <laughs> know. Uh, I I actually find it quite fascinating looking going to markets because. You know, it's a fascinating thing in terms of exercise and learning in terms of marketing, literally marketing, right? So like, if you go to, I know we're not, we're gonna talk about the vegan market in a minute, right? But if you go to Leicester Market or any market stall where generally the people who sell the stuff in the market are selling the same thing. So it's like meat and, it's not meat and veg, fruit and veg. Generally classic market stall in, in the UK is a few market stalls selling fruit and veg. There's nothing to differentiate them, apart from maybe the price and the person behind the behind the uh, the stall, like who's shouting usually, and it's just <clears throat> really fascinating for me in terms of marketing. In terms of that is in a marketplace like that, everything you do in terms of you communicate, in terms of how you talk to people, in terms of how you lay out your stuff, in terms of what your pricing is, in terms of what your offer is, you're literally seeing people make split, deci split decisions in the moment to where they go. You, in a virtual world, you never see that. You maybe if you've got like some, uh, you know, actually there are some things like Hotjar where you can track people and where they, their movements on your website. But generally speaking, 99.9% .9 of people don't see that. So it's just really interesting to go to a market where all of these people are trying to sell you things Generally, they're quite similar. And um, what lessons you can take from that in terms of how to market and how to make sales, basically? Yeah, definitely. I don't think the conversation we wanted to go into is specifically about uh, a specific market or anything. But it was no. just interesting going to one in person. Obviously, with lockdown, we haven't been to a market or anything like that yeah. in, a, in a while. Mm. And it does feel different to, go to going to a shop. And so it was just interesting on the way back, we were talking about everything we, had, we are doing is digital, but you know, well, I was saying this mm. before digital stuff was possible, this is what you would have had to have done. Yeah, for sure. In order to build up your business. We would have been having to do all of these things, um, having human interactions a lot more. And it, and it is really interesting to break it down. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying about people making decisions, but also about whether they want to buy something or not, or actually should we go to that stall or not? But even if you see it tracked digitally, you can't read it. Yeah. You can't read the environment. Whereas you can read people in a different way. You yeah. can be like, oh, I said something that, you know, changed the vibe there or... Oh, yeah, that's true. You, you know, like... But then somebody would have influenced you to say that. 
But yeah, I know what you're saying. But you can read, right? Like, oh, it felt like it was going well and then it wasn't. Mm. Or they wanted to buy something and then they didn't. Or no one was coming here and they didn't have a rapport with anyone. There's just so much more you can read with human connection. And the, Yeah, and, and... Oh, sorry, you go. You carry on. Um, and... <laughs> oh, I've forgotten. Oh, no, I interrupted just enough to make you forget your point. Um, so... <laughs> you forgot who you <laughs> now, too. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, human interaction, seeing each other. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, the other thing that exists, though, in a physical marketplace mm-hmm. is... Well, I guess this exists online, but I don't think in the same way. Is the... No, it doesn't exist. Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say comparison. Yeah. Comparison still exists yeah. outside. But when you're on a website, you are just on that website. You can't see the other websites Basically, yeah. next to it. They might be in different tabs, but you only really see one tab at a time, which makes a difference. If you're on Amazon, though, that's a marketplace. It's a digital marketplace. That's true. Um, but what it also you can't see as a customer is where everyone else is going. True. Whereas in a physical marketplace, people follow people. Yeah, but, so, but here's the thing, you okay. can, because on Amazon, Amazon will rank things higher based on the amount of reviews they get. Yeah, I guess I'm not talking, you're talking about an Amazon marketplace, so that's the difference. Yes, it's different than an Amazon marketplace. Yeah. I'm talking about just an online shop. Yeah. Yeah. But so, but that's, I guess that's the same as like saying an online shop or a shop in a high street compared to like a marketplace or Amazon. But, yeah, but I, thought, I guess I thought it was similar because... You can jump straight to having your own yeah. website true. quite cheap. Yeah, Whereas you couldn't, if, before the internet, you couldn't be like, oh, I'm just going to have a shop quite cheap. You'd have to start at and, a marketplace level. And a lot of those stores did have websites, I think. Yeah, but mm. I mean, you, you have to, whether you become a shop or just continue to true. sell in markets, true. that would have had to be in the start point Yeah. anyway. Well, you haven't had to go through that because it has, you can now have a digital shop, a shop front. Mm-hmm. online for pretty cheap basically nothing do you um, so you know what's funny as well is like the same we look at it it's different right but in the, the same decision making the same factors that are influencing people's decisions to go to a certain stall in a live market in an in-person market they're the same people and the same factors being taken into account online that's yeah really really interesting even though you look at it differently. So, so question for you. What... Because it's not as transparent online. Mm. Like you can see tracking, but it's like numbers and things like that. And if you, seeing numbers mm-hmm. is very different to seeing people physically exactly. and the way they're moving, like the, the crowds moving. So in the market today, what did you see that was influencing people to go to some stores and not to others? There were a couple of stores that had really long queues. Mm. Like really, really, about three yeah. Um, Which happened to be the places that were doing live, like, ready-to-go hot food. No, not one of them. Oh, yeah? Oh, one of them was cheese. Yeah. But vegan cheese is a, hard to find. Uh, but, yeah, no, true. Good point. So, yeah, it was just really interesting because it was, like, not... It, they were, like, way longer than mm. all the other queues. So, basically, that that's the social proof angle, right? Like, yeah. we... If, if other people are loving this, I'm going to love it. I'm going to queue up. Even though it's going to take me an hour, I'm going to do it. Because we were like, oh, what's that? What are they queuing for? Yeah. You're immediately like, what's going on there? Exactly. What, other, what else could they do to the market stores to influence people to come over and buy? 
Oh, I think how, I think definitely how it looks, like your yeah. banner, your branding, everything like that makes such a big difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really, like some are just really inviting, aren't they? And I think I actually noticed that when we, not so much today, but before when we went to see one of our friends who's just started a food store and they've done such an amazing job of making it look so pro. Mm -hmm. And I was looking around being like, wow. And it was really pulling people in. And I was yeah. like, you guys look so um, like great. Or you're just starting and it already just looks so amazing. And I could see how, how powerful that was. Definitely. Yeah. But so I wasn't really analyzing that today. So the fun, so the, the good thing so like I think there's a lesson here in the difference between company and personal branding because if you go to a stall you might get you might get drawn to a stall based on the product or the offer or whatever but you're not really going to look care that much about the the branding around it but if you get there and the person is incredibly inviting super nice welcomes you in tells you a bit about the product then you're much more likely to buy than if they're really cold and I think that's the difference between, especially in the coaching business, between spending loads of time on your company's brand and spending no time on your personal brand. And I think your personal brand is really important for this stuff, especially in the coaching industry. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We were chatting afterwards about how the stores we went to, how lovely the people were. Yeah, exactly. And how well, we just left with like a really positive, upbeat feeling. And like really excited about the things that, that we'd purchased. And I think that also what you get is that human interaction, mm -hmm. but also not just before the point of purchase, even when you're saying goodbye, there was yeah, still definitely. that. And I think that's something that was really interesting because that makes you leave feeling like on a really positive mm -hmm. note. Whereas if you're just going to a checkout, you press purchase and it's like confirmed. Like that's not the no. same feeling at all. No, that's true. So how can you do some, how can you make people feel really cared for after the purchase? I think the thank you is important, right? Yeah. Thank you for coming into our world. Thanks for being a part of what we do. Some, some people, some websites say instead of saying that, say thank you and then give them 10% off their next order. I think what would be nice is thank you for purchasing name here. Mm -hmm. of the product oh thank you for, for buying from us and then maybe the personalization comes afterwards we think you're really gonna love yeah x y and z yeah and a bit of information on like how to use it or what it's good with or <clears throat> when's a good time to use it depending on what the product is that would make me feel like that mm. because it's personal to the thing i bought yeah. And it's like, this is how you're going to get the best out of it. Yeah. And I feel like, oh, yay. And it probably will mean you get the best out of it, which means you're more likely to buy it again. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Mm. It's really nice. But So the social proof thing is really interesting. And I think that also can't be ignored. So that, so that has transferred. Because mm -hmm. I saying you can't see that as a consumer now, how many other people are on the website. But instead, we've referred that to social media. Well, all that is the social proof. Not not just that, like reviews, testimonials help a lot with social yeah, proof. Yeah, but you already have to be on a website right. to see testimonials. So what are you saying? Follower count is important in that? In that? I think like we're, the places we're saying had the cues, we looked at them yeah. because we saw the cue, not the yeah. other way around. Yeah. 
So therefore the, the buzz is leading you to the website. So the, yeah. the, and the way that you see how many people like this yeah. is via social media because it literally catalogues how many followers you have. So I think that's post engagement as much as it is followers. Followers, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is also where you're talking about personal branding. How do yeah. you get that personality across? How do you give people that warmth? Social media. Exactly. How do they know who you are? Yeah, exactly. Sharing your worldview, sharing how you see things. I think this is something that like comes asking questions. Definitely asking questions, but also companies like very hard these days to set yourself apart through what you sell and what you do. Like very hard. But one good way to separate yourself from everyone else is by telling the world or telling people how you see the world and what your view is on the world, what your vision is for the world. And I think definitely small independent companies like this would be great. I mean, it's a missed opportunity not to talk about that. Like the person we spoke to with the, who had amazing uh, chili jam, chili sauce, chili oil. And like, just in like a short conversation with that, she talks about how she makes it all by hand. Um, whenever she goes anywhere, when she can travel, she always has the chili sauces with her. So like, we already know a few things about her. Like we know that she's a passionate cook. We know she loves traveling. We know she loves uh, her products. That makes me remember her, mm -hmm. you know? And those things are really important. And I think we're quite often, as business owners, we want to stop people from knowing how we see the world and what we do. But actually, that's quite a nice thing to make us different. Yeah. I think also it really gives, you know, when someone's using, if it's a product, like I'm, I'm not selling a product, like a tangible thing. But if it is, yeah. then I think it is like, yeah, it's nice to see that person. If there is a person at the front of the brand, how mm -hmm. they're using it yeah. as well. But then I guess with information products or something like that, you, it could be more helpful to see, well, how are you implementing these strategies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do they fit into your daily routine? It exactly. just adds like a real trust Authenticity to the trust, whole process. Yeah. And also it's so the questions thing I think is important because... Um, and it's harder because obviously when you're going up to a store, you're having a two-way conversation. If someone's yeah. landing on your website, you're thinking, okay, predetermining, what do I want them to see? Mm. But there's not that interaction, which is again, what social media allows you to do because you can ask questions yeah. and then people can respond because I think people, when you're the <clears> consumer, <throat> yes, it's good to know about their worldview and their, and everything, but you also want to be seen mm -hmm. like by the brand, not like, you're buying it because it's going to make you feel good or whatever, or you're going to enjoy it. And so then I think maybe making other people feel seen as well is important. Definitely. One, it's really interesting you're saying about asking questions. I, I was tuning into AdWorld last week, and uh, one of the common things that kept coming up when it came to e-commerce was how people are using quizzes mm. to drive purchases. Mm. So basically, you land on someone's site, and it's a big question. You know, what type of chili oil do you want? Mm -hmm. And then you click and then you ask some questions and then they're like, this is the one for you. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. People seem to be trying to do that now. Uh, I don't think quizzes are that new, but like in website front of top of homepage quizzes are quite new. So it's interesting. That looks like that's seeping in already, which is quite cool. Yeah, I think I've seen people do that. Uh, I'm, I'm on a, I subscribed ages ago to someone's website through a quiz for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
That's what I mean. You want to feel like you're kind of at the center of your experience yeah. when you're purchasing. So it's nice to buy into someone else's idea, but I don't think that's, I think that will only get you so far. I don't think that's everything. I think it's, it has to be two way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the quiz thing sounds really interesting. <laughs> um, what do you mean by two way though? That I'm just agreeing with you. Like I think sharing the um, the world view and like the vision of what you're doing helps people understand your like get behind what you're doing. Mm. But then also yeah. flipping around and being like, this is how it can help you. How do you find doing it? Yeah, for sure. What do you use it with? What's your personal experience? Maybe people use the product if you've got um um like a beauty product, maybe someone who's purchasing it is using it in a different way. Yeah. And it's actually, they love it and they like, or they mix it with something else and they've got something that they do. So I think having, being really clear on the vision and yeah, like, this yeah. is how I use it. And also asking about other people. I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. That's probably where a community comes in as well. Like when you can create a community of people that all use the product. Yeah. Cause then people are talking about how they use it and what yeah. they love about it and stuff like that. Like a fan base. Uh, yeah, I think what came across from going to the market today was how nice people are. Mm. <laughs> and like coming away and apart from being very excited to eat this delicious vegan food and cook yeah. with it, we just felt really good because the people were so nice and um, that we met in the stores. And <clears> I think it just shows us, reminds us of like how powerful rapport is oh, yeah. and positive energy mm. and it's really strong actually because what you're saying building that community thing if you build a rapport that is quite hard to knock isn't it it's hard quite hard between to... you and the business between yeah. You and the brand. yeah like we've definitely gone to places where we've liked the food and something but also really like the person who mm. works there and so then we're like, oh, we're definitely going back again. But I think if it hadn't have had the rapport, maybe we wouldn't have definitely. been as invested in going there. And that's what small business will always have over, you know, big chains. Like obviously chains and uh, national businesses will be, they can win on like economies of scale and they can buy loads of stuff for cheaper and they can run their business cheaper. But they, it's very hard for them to forge personal relationships with their customers. Like, you know, you go into Pizza Express yeah, it's great pizza, but you're probably not going to go away thinking, oh, wow, I love the manager there. Unlikely. We have, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's less likely. And if you go to an independent pizza store and the guy who owns the pizza, who designs the pizzas, who makes the pizzas is there and he says, and, and uh, he welcomes you when you walk in, say, yeah, hell yeah. I'll go back to Mario's Pizza. <laughs> and you're, you're right. They're, they're, if, if the owner's there and then they tell you a bit about the process, which is what you're saying about their world, mm. that is also very exciting because you, you have more of an appreciation of yeah. something when you know about the thought and the work that's yeah. gone into something. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and even though like a chain might tell you that, probably Pizza Express pizza's a bit mass-produced, I imagine it would have to be, right? So, like, even if they give you a nice story around it, you kind of know in the back of your mind that I don't think stuff is being made fresh there every day. Mm. You know? Mm. So that's where they can win. But, cool, what else did you learn from the market? Or any market? That, 
There's really good vegan food out there. there is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that lunch we just had was incredible. Yes. We've still got a tiramisu yeah. just on the end of the table. Just waiting. Waiting for the end of the podcast. <laughs> nice. It's, the vegan food game has gone up so much in recent years. Yeah. In the last five years, I'd say it's different. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. Used to be, like, pretty bland. <laughs> it was just harder. I think mean? to eat harder out. To... Yeah. yeah. Now most places have got a vegan five... menu. That's only five years ago. I so. think it's five years, yeah. But before that, can you imagine how hard it was then? Well, before then, people thought that vegans were rabbits. Well, it was very, very kind of ex- considered very extreme. Yeah. And it kind of was, though, because it was so hard to be vegan. Right. Yeah. The principles weren't <clears throat> any more extreme. The principles are exactly the same. But it did feel like oh gosh, wow, you're doing that because, oh, you're really limiting so much of what you can eat. And that probably was more truthful mm-hmm. many years ago because, like, they have whole vegan sections <laughs> in supermarkets now. I think every restaurant near us has a oh, vegan yeah. option. Oh, yeah, for sure. Pubs, um, pubs are the worst, though, I would say. But, but before, yeah. you'd have had to just been like, oh, you'd have literally just had to have had, like, the veggies and nothing. Yeah, chips. Yeah, so people would have been like, oh gosh, you always, you always limit yourself to that. Like, that is really extreme. Mm. But that has thankfully changed. And now, I mean, we had... What did we eat, Ollie? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> cannelloni. I was trying to remember what it was. Pumpkin. Butter. Butternut squash. Butternut squash. Butternut squash cannelloni, which was amazing. Uh, lasagna. And some pizza Olive and some pizza. focaccia. Yeah. Which is fantastic. We've got a tiramisu here and something else. Um, just some other dessert. Orange which polenta looking... cake. Oh my God, yeah. The desserts look incredible. That's, that's definitely something which is absolutely boomed. Like, I don't think... You know, des- like, very fancy vegan desserts are absolutely just as good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, they in, some, in some cases, better somehow. Like, just the quality of dessert now is, in, is insane. Yeah. I know, and I can't, I haven't had, um, I don't think I've had vegan Italian food like that No, because it's usually just vegetarian, right? Because there's so much cheese involved. That was amazing. Yeah, and vegan cheese has notoriously been not too good. We have had some experiences where we didn't love it, but actually more recently we've had some experiences where it's been great. Yeah, exactly. That might also just be our palates changing. No. My palate changes. There are some, there are some cheeses, vegan cheese I've had, which it doesn't matter how my palate was, I would never like, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, um, we found it really interesting going to um, uh, an in-person marketplace. Yeah, I, I th- I'm, re- I'm really, uh, I was saying to you, I, I'm very tempted and very um, sort of energised by the thought of trying to help a market stall to market themselves somehow. I just can't be bothered to make anything. So if anyone knows anyone that's got a market stall and wants some advice on how to get more clients then, and sell more, just reach out because I'd love to have a go. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. Um, it's hard work though. I used to uh, have to go to vintage fairs and have a stall with my mum when I was younger. Mm. So... It is, it is hard work and definitely doing that, 
makes me kind of appreciate the work that people put in at fairs and marketplaces so much more having been that way you know like all the work of setting up beforehand getting if, it, if it's not near where you live driving there getting up really early um yeah it doesn't sound nice you know you're with all these other stalls you don't really know anyone and you know that can be nerve-wracking mm. as well and then people come and if it's busy great if it's not how do you deal with doubt and you know keep pushing forward and then you know if you're feeling doubtful how do you keep that light happy persona it can be hard um and then yeah and then you've got to pack up it's it's a physical job and you've got yeah. to be in a good mood all day um and yeah i think i, I really really um have a lot of respect oh yeah for people uh i mean those guys those guys come from london the guy the italian food guys yeah yeah well played well, I think uh, that tiramisu is staring me in the face. I think it's yeah. tiramisu time. All righty ho. But, um, have a great week, guys. No Thanks final for thoughts today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>